0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, hey, welcome to The House. I'm so glad. Um, that you're here. If we haven't gotten a chance to meet yet, uh, my name is Devin, and I get to serve on staff here at the house. In fact, um, I want to introduce you to my family. I realize that like when I speak, most of you probably know them already, but if you don't know us, um, this is my family. Come on, you can say like "aw" or clap or something like that. Okay, Um, right here, this is my wife, Sydney. Everybody say hey, Sydney. Okay, she is getting into heaven because she deals with me all the time. So it's just off the rip. Um, and then this little dude in the middle, this is my son Malachi, okay? And so you may see him around in kids' church or whatever. If he's doing what he's not supposed to do, I just want to set us all up so we're all on the same page here. If you see him doing what he's not supposed to do, then you can go ahead and know that he got that from Sydney side of the family. Okay, we've already agreed to that. And then if you see him doing what he's supposed to do, he's, like, sharing or, like, praying over somebody. He, he never does that. But, um... <laughs> (laughs) Like, if he's like, you know, being a good Christian boy, you could just know that he got that from my side of the family. And so uh, you can applaud him and just let me know how great he's doing. But um, I'm excited to jump into the word today. But before we do that, I have to give honor where honor is due. Um, Our pastor, Stephen and Katie, they were out of town this weekend. They were speaking at a friend's church. Um, But if you don't know them, let me just tell you a little bit about them. Come on, they love people. They love to see people step into all that that God has for them. And honestly, I could truthfully say that if it weren't for them and their investment into my life, um, I don't know if I would have been in the spot that I'm in right now. And one of of the, one of the lessons that I've taken from them is while the world teaches us that we should honor ourselves and we should humble other people, come on, like we should be like bragging about us and telling everybody else what they're doing wrong, um, they've taught me that we should humble ourselves and we should honor those who are in our life and invest in it. So I can't think of two people who are worthy of more honor than our pastors here, Stephen and Katie. So would you just join me in putting your hands together for our pastors? And so Today we are going to continue the series that um, Pastor Katie started last week, um, Exceedingly and Abundantly, and uh, we just started this series because we believe this is what God wants for your life. We believe that he wants to see the exceedingly and abundant, it's not his um, It's not His will for you to just live, you know, day to day, jumping from relationship to relationship, living paycheck to paycheck. He wants to see you live a blessed life, and we really get this idea from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, and so they're going to put that on the screen, but I want to read it to Us, real quick, Um, and it says this now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, God can do more than you can ask, he can do more than you can imagine, and the great part is, it's not according to our power or what we can do, but it's according to his. Power, And so I want to encourage you, um, if you missed last week, if you missed the first part, you're going to want to go back and, and, and listen to that. Pastor Katie talked about prayer. And so we actually decided that we're going to do two two sermons at the beginning of this series about prayer to just set it up. And so if you missed it, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Facebook and watch it, or you can go um, to wherever you get podcasts from and go and listen to it. But you don't want to miss that because she talked about praying without limits. And I think that if you will go and you will start to apply some of the things that she talked about, you can see your faith, go to a whole other level. So go. And then also, if you are just like, I want to start praying, okay? Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe you feel like when you pray, like God don't hear it for some reason. Or you or you may just be like a prayer warrior. You're like an intercessory prayer and you could pray for like three hours. Hallelujah. Um, we do prayer here on Tuesday nights at 630 and I would encourage you, if you don't have another life group that you're going to on Tuesdays, to come and pray. And we want to start to see what God can do in this area and pray over um, our church and Everything so I want to invite you to that Tuesday 6:30 prayer nights. Um, but today we're actually going to do Pray Without Limits Part Two, okay? And so that's why you want to go back and listen to Katie's because it's going to be a lot better. Come on, you know the original is always better than the sequel most of the time. So so hers is going to be better than this. But hopefully you get something out of this. But as we start talking about this, um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter six and we're going to read verse five through thirteen. And so this is something that if you're a believer or if you've been in church for a while. You've probably heard this before, but I want to look at it like we've never looked at it before. And so I'm going to start reading it. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. You know, I love the culture that we have, and I'm going to stop a little bit. So if you're just like one of those people that you got to read the whole thing, go ahead and do that now because I'm going to stop multiple times, and then you're just going to be frustrated at me, and it's going to be okay. But um, one of the pieces of culture that I love about our house is that when someone is communicating, um, the people who are in the audience, they communicate back, Right. Okay, that was a little weak, okay? The people When someone is preaching, the people in the audience, they communicate back, right? Okay, that's, that's a little bit better. And we're teaching this to our um, students. So I, one of the um, roles that I have here is leading our student ministry, which is awesome. If you're a teenager, Wednesday nights come. It's going to be awesome. I'm not even going to make you do anything embarrassing on the stage, I promise. But it's, it's, it's good. But we're teaching them how to affirm during a message, okay? We're teaching them to engage with the word. They engage with a ton of other things. We're just teaching them this concept. And so sometimes they will say, like, that's good or amen or something at a completely, like, wrong time. It's like, actually, that wasn't the moment. Like, I know you're just doing it because I'm teaching you to do this. But I was just, like, in the middle of a story, and you just like, amen. I could be like, in the Bible it says, and then all the amens start coming. I'm like, you don't even know if what I'm about to say is true And I feel like if I was one of Jesus' disciples, like on the scene, this would be a moment where I would have inserted myself at the wrong time, okay? He would have been like, don't be like hypocrites. I'm like, that's right, JC, you better tell him. He'd be like, okay, Devin, you got to go to the back now because you just interrupted me for no reason. But he's saying, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, that they have received their reward in, f- in full. Sorry, I messed that word up. Um, but what Jesus is saying right here is not that he's not banning people from praying in churches. He's not, that's not what he's saying at all. But he's saying, like, in their heart, they are doing this. They're praying in front of people so that they will be seen by people. And when we pray, that's not why we do it. That's not why we do it at all. When we pray, we do it to connect to God. And so you can connect to God by yourself. You can connect to God in a lot of ways, but if you're doing it because you want other people to see you, Jesus is saying you've already got what you wanted, and that's attention from people. And that's, that's not something you want in exchange when you could be connecting with the Lord. Verse 7, and when you pray, oh wait, sorry, I skipped one. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Come on, when you pray to God you don't have to turn on your King James voice, okay? You don't like when Malachi, and so all throughout this sermon, I'm going to relate to this basically because I am a dad, I have a son, so I'm going to have to relate to it based on what I know about being a dad, okay? And when Malachi needs something, he can get straight to the point with me. He can say, Dad... I need some fruit snacks, and I can go ahead, and I can handle that. If he wants chicken nuggets, he can say that. If he wants a drink, if he wants some apple juice, he can just say that, and I will just go, and I'll get it for him. If he can help me get it, I'll be like, come on, go get it by yourself. But when you talk to God, you don't have to put on this voice, oh, thou holy one. Like, Malachi never comes into my room, like, never. Oh, Father, bestow upon me chicken nuggets, if you will. <laughs> and that would be weird. But like, what's wrong? who traded out my son for this British kid? Like, I don't know. (laughs) where this is coming from. And so when we connect to God, you don't have to use a bunch of words. It can be easy to feel like, man, if I was a pastor, I would be able to connect with God easier. If I was on staff at a church, it would be easier. No, God wants to connect with you right where you're at with the language that you use. Now, I don't think you can go and be like, sup, God, I need this. I don't think you can cuss out God. like, Like, there's some things that, like, he's not your buddy. He is God. So he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So there is some respect to be put on his name, but you also don't have to use all these words that you would never use otherwise and this is what Jesus is teaching us verse 9 says this this then is how you should pray our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. So some of us have heard this so many times that, like, if I just stopped talking and you close your eyes and it wasn't on the screen, you could have still finished it for me. Some of you are mad because I didn't use the King James, and you're like, it ain't supposed to say debtors, it's supposed to say trespasses. And you like, you feel like very strongly about that. And 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 if we're not careful, what we'll turn this prayer into is just a word-for-word, like regurgitation that we do mindlessly. But I don't think that's what Jesus was doing. He didn't tell them this is what you should pray, he told them this is how you should pray. To pray. So he's teaching them that there's a rhythm to prayer, and anytime you pray, come on, you have to honor God. Come on, hallowed be your name. That means that God's name is different. It's separate. There's no one like him. You have to honor God. You have to, you have to seek his kingdom before you seek your own. You have to seek him for daily provision. I know you got a job, and you got a 401k, and you're doing great, but God is the one who gives all good gifts. God is the one who blesses us. God is the one who moves on our behalf, so we have to seek him daily for provision. He's teaching them how to um, forgive, but also to ask for forgiveness. And he's telling them to ask God to keep them away from temptation and the devil. Now, I don't know anybody who wants the devil right beside him, but how many of you know we all need these types of prayer every day in our life? Like every day we need bread. Every day we need God to move on our behalf. Every day we need God to keep us away from temptation and the evil one. And so when we pray, let's be careful that we don't just repeat. Something that we read or something that we heard, or it's not just, you know, right before we eat or right before we go to sleep, but that we're making it an intentional moment where we connect to God for the things that we need. How many people in here have an iPhone, real quick? Just a Well, a smartphone, just in general, a smartphone. Okay, everybody go ahead and pull it out for them. You got a smartphone. If you got an Android, you can just go ahead and leave it in your pocket. We ain't really... We ain't really talking to you right now. No, I'm just kidding. But but we're gonna have prayer at the end, and you can get delivered and saved, and all and all those good things. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. But but I think that I love smartphones because you can do so many things on them. And I'm just old enough to have grown up in the era era of flip phones. Okay, some of you like your whole teenage years and everything, young adult. You you were like flip phone doing. You got the razor and all that. But um, when I was a teenager, really, like I don't know if it was because we just couldn't afford the touch screen phones, or just because that's what was out right now. But um, I had a flip phone. Okay. Anybody remember the T9 texting, OK? Well, you would have to hit one number multiple times. Some of y'all got so good at that, you could be like washing dishes and texting. You only had to look at the phone, and you just handling business. That was not me. I hated it. My fingers were hurting. I was like, I'm glad when they came out, where well, you just hit the letter, and it produces that letter, OK? Um, you remember like when your friends could only call you on nights and weekends, because that's when you had minutes? Come on, anybody? OK, that was just poor people. That wasn't just for, for uh, flip phones in general. That's, that's OK. But I, I remember, because I didn't even even really have the phone. It was my mom's phone that I would use. So I'd be like, listen, you could talk to me on nights and weekends, but you got to wait till I'll text you first, because if you don't, then you're going to text my mom. And it's just going to be weird, and so let me text you first. But I love flip. I love um, smartphones now, because you can Google. Come on, you can ask Siri anything. She's going to tell you anything that you need to know. You can FaceTime. Come on, Androids. I don't know what y'all do. Maybe y'all just go visit people in person, but we FaceTime. <laughs> over here and there's like three cameras on the back I don't really know what I'm gonna do with all those cameras, but I love it I use them apparently I just pick pick up the phone and take a picture and they're all working at the same time um, and so I love I love iPhones. But the problem I have with is keeping it charged, okay? That's the problem I have with iPhones. Anybody anybody here struggle with chargers? And I know some people are going to come up to me afterwards like, have you tried this type of charger or that? Yes, I've tried all of them. I tried the one where you can just sit your phone on. I tried keeping them in my car. I tried just plugging it in and just leaving it in one spot. I'm like, it's not going to move. But I feel like little elves just come in the middle of the night, and they just steal all the chargers. And then somehow they end up on Sydney's side of the bed, and I'm like, yo, that's my charger. She's like, that's not your charger. I'm like... I'm going to steal it when you go to sleep. That's my charger. And uh, I I wish that they came out with a phone. Instead of consistently adding more cameras to the back of the phone, what if we just came out with a phone that you don't have to charge? Like Like what if we just had a battery where it was just like, I only have to charge this once, and then I don't have to do anything else. But the problem I have is that while my iPhone can do so many awesome things, I have to charge it every day. And it doesn't matter how much it does, if I let it die, it's useless. If I let it go without being plugged into the source, it can't do anything. And so here we are as believers and God has given us all this authority and all this dominion. And he wants to unleash all of these blessings onto your life. But sometimes we treat it like our phone where we just plug it in once and think that we're going to be good and we don't consistently connect with him. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't consistently connect with the source, then there's no way you're going to be able to do and see all the things that God wants you to do and see. And so we're going to have to plug in more than once in your life or once every other month. Is that good? Come on. So here it is that um, Jesus is setting them up. And I believe that there's a rhythm to prayer. So as we pray, I think it's important that we don't just, you know, just sit down and start saying random stuff, even though I think God can use that sometimes. I think that there is a rhythm rhythm to praying without limits. And so we're going to look at Second Chronicles, chapter seven, verse 14. And this was God speaking to King Solomon. Um, Solomon had built the temple and God was just telling him, hey, when people turn from me, there's going to be seasons of drought. There's going to be seasons of disease. There's going to be seasons of famine. And this is what you can teach the people that if they will do this, I will hear them and I will heal their land. And now while I know he wasn't writing this to like America, how many of you know that that we can be spiritually in a season of drought? We can be in a spiritual season of famine. And if you will learn this rhythm of prayer, I'm believing that God will use it to change your life. So let's let's read this together. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So God is teaching us the rhythm that we have to play a part in, but he's also giving us his rhythm. And so I don't know if anybody in here got rhythm. Anybody in here? You just like I'll be on beat. okay? I typically think I have a lot of rhythm. But the other day at the rally, which we have like this rally with our serve team before services to kind of hype everybody up and and share vision. And um, I thought I was on beat. (laughs) And everybody else was off beat. And I was like, in my head, I was judging everybody because, like, y'all need to get it together. Like, this is is not that hard. (laughs) But then afterwards... They told me, actually, Devin, you were the one offbeat, <laughs> and everybody else was on beat. And so if you're in a situation where you think everybody else is wrong, just this is just free advice, it's not even part of the sermon. You are probably the one that's wrong. So just go ahead and just go ahead and adjust. <laughs> but but whether you have rhythm and, and and me and my wife, you know, we went to a wedding last night, her 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 stepbrother got married and, and everybody started dancing. And the thing about dancing is it doesn't matter if one person has rhythm, if the other one And the other one just doesn't have rhythm. It's just it's just bad. And so there's a rhythm that you have to play in prayer. But there's also a rhythm that God plays. And I want to talk about our rhythm. And then I want to talk about um, God's rhythm. So this is how um, it breaks down. The first thing that we're going to have to do when we pray is we're going to have to humble ourselves. That's the first thing that God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. James, chapter four, verse 10, says this. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. See, the thing I love about God is that He's no respecter of persons. Come on, you could have six figures. Or you could be making four figures, and God wants to connect with you the same. So when we come into God, we're not coming in prideful, like, yo, look at me and who what I am. We're coming in saying, God, I humble myself before you. I need you to move on my behalf. And if you walked into a room, come on, with an executive, and you were trying to make a business deal, you wouldn't walk in all aggressive just telling them what they wanted to do. If you walked into your dad's home, you wouldn't just walk in being like, yo, dad, this is what I think you need to do. No, you would walk in humble, like, dad, I love you. Thank you now what what we need to do today. So so when we come into God, we don't come in immediately with all our requests. I'm not saying that you don't need to have a prayer list. I have one, but I don't think that's what you need to start with. Come on, We need to start with honor. Hallowed be your name. Come on, God, you are the Lord of Lords. You are the one that hung the stars. You are the ones that caused the water to part. You are the one that saved me and picked me up out of the crowd. You are the one that all good things flow from. Apart from you, we can't do anything. And so when we pray, we start with honoring our father. The other reason that you need to be humble is because you don't know what God is going to say back. <laughs> if you come in with a preconceived notion and you're probably and you're like, hey, this is exactly what I already know what I need. You may be praying. You say, God, I see this family. They're struggling and I, they, I wish you would just bless them with a car. And God may say, give them your car. <laughs> and if you're not humble, the response could look a little bit like, you know what? Uh. I think I had some tacos last night, and that's really messing with me. And so maybe I'm mishearing you. I I think I'm going to just keep praying for them. But if you're humble, you'll say, God, whatever you need from me to be an answer to someone else's prayer, then I'll go ahead and do that because it's not about my will. It's about your will. The second thing we have to do if we're going to get into this rhythm of praying is we have to pray consistently. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 through 18 say this. um, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Imagine if every time someone talked to you, um, they wanted something. Just imagine your close, the closest relationship that, that you have. So if every time I talked to Sydney, it was only to get something from her, after a while, Cindy's great. She's like the best Christian I know. But after a while, it would get a little spicy around my house if the only time that I talked to her was when I needed something. Imagine someone just coming up to you time and time again, just asking for things, asking for things, asking for things. As a, as a friend, as a mom or dad, um, as a co-worker, eventually you would be like, all right, bro, like, no, you can't. <laughs> you, like, I think of people coming and being like, Devin, can I have your hat? Yeah, man, sure, go ahead. You can have that. Devin, um, can I have your shoes? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Devin, I noticed that you got a four piece from Popeye's. Can I have a piece? Absolutely not. You cannot. You cannot have a piece. Uh, we can go get you one, but you cannot have a piece of mine because I bought this specifically. I was thinking about me. And so when we go to God, we have to be careful that every time we go to him, we're not only asking for something because in our minds, it can be easy to think that prayer is just about asking. But prayer is actually a dialogue. Prayer is actually a conversation. Prayer is more than just asking. Prayer is communication. And so we need to communicate with him daily. Most of us will pray when we need a bailout or we need a blessing, but that's not why God set it up. So when I'm talking about a bailout, come on, how many of you have You've done something or you said something and it puts you in a situation that you just was like, hey, I got myself in this, but I need something else to get me out. God. And here's my famous one. God, if you'll get me out of this one, I'll never do it again. I ain't going to never do that again. I'm never going to go there again. I'm never going to say that again. I'm never going to act like that again. Most of the times you be lying, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) God, I need you to bail me out. And then the other thing is, God, I need a blessing. God, I need a new job. God, I need a new relationship. God, we're trying to expand our family. God, we want a new house. God, I need this, that. And nothing is wrong with those prayers, but God wants to communicate with you daily. Pastor Katie talked about this last week, Um, but you need to pray when you're doing good. You need to pray when you're not doing good. You need to pray when people that you know are going through hard times, and you need to pray um, when people you know are not going through hard times. So that's pretty much like All the time. Like we consistently need to be communicating with God. And the reason that we know that is because that's how God set it up. In the Garden of Eden, God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. And I have to imagine they weren't just like silently walking together, but that there was some communication back and forth. Like, yo, this is what I'm going to name these animals. And God's like, that's good. Now what you're going to do next? And and there's some communication back and forth. And God wants to connect with us in that same way. God wants to hear from you daily, not just every day now and then. The next thing is that we have to seek God. So we have to humble ourselves, then we have to pray consistently, and then we have to seek God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, we, um, we have a young man um, staying with us right now and uh, he's like 18 or 19, and so I can just tell he hasn't been around a lot of like little kids, okay? And so he does great. His name is Ian. Ian does great. He plays with Malachi. They'll go in the backyard and throw the ball around, they'll hang out. It's just like, oh, y'all friends, it's so cute. Um, but Ian has some stuff to learn about being around a little kid. The first thing is, um, you got to keep your keys away from Malachi. Like that's just a that's just a ground rule in my house. Like you have to keep your key your keys away from Malachi because he has way too many places where he can hide them. Okay, he can hide them in the couch or under the couch. He has a zoo full of stuffed animals um, that he will just throw stuff in there randomly. Um, he can hide them in my room. He can hide them in the dirty clothes hamper. Like there is a lot of places where Malachi um, can hide your keys, and so the other night. Um, Ian and Malachi were playing, and I, I, I just didn't notice that he had given Malachi his keys, or I would have warned him. I would have been like, no! It's not what you want to do. Just put those away. But Malachi was playing with them, and the next morning, um, I came out of my room, and I noticed that Ian was looking a little frantic. He was looking a little concerned. And I was like, hey, man, what's, what's going on? He was like, I can't find my keys. Um, Malachi was playing with them yesterday. And at that moment, I knew, like, yeah, you messed up when you did that. Um, <laughs> like I was playing with them, and I can't find them, and I'm and I'm late for work, so I was just like, "Here's the deal, okay? I am a professional key loser, okay? So that has turned me into a professional key finder, all right? So I'm gonna give you my keys. You can take my car to work, and then we're gonna find your keys. And me and Sydney, I kid you not, spent 30 minutes flipping our house upside down. I already know the first places to look. I'm like, check, take out all the cushions of the couch. So we took them off. No keys. We put out all the clothes in the hamper. We looked under like every piece of furniture in my house, and finally. Um, we found the keys just sitting on top of the zoo full of stuffed animals. And I was like, we should have looked there first. We know the animals, like, they like to steal people's cars and stuff, I guess. Um, But when we talk about seeking God, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a quick glance. We're not talking about, hey, I threw up a prayer one time, and within 15 seconds, God didn't answer it. And so I'm going to just move on to the next thing. Now, you have to, sometimes you have to sit. Maybe it's going to be 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour, and you're going to say, God, here is what I'm dealing with. Here's the, the emotion that I'm feeling. Here's the struggle that I'm going through. And I'm not going to move from this spot until I feel like you've responded to me or that we've communicated because you need to seek God more than you seek things from him. My biggest function as Malachi's dad is not to just give him stuff as soon as he asks. It's not to just be like, yo, whatever you, like, whatever you want. I give him some stuff that he wants, but sometimes I just want to, like, connect with him. Sometimes I just want to have a relationship with him. And my biggest goal is not that he would get to the end of his life and say, my dad gave me everything that I asked for, but it would be that my dad helped me become the man of God that I'm supposed to be. He helped me become the person that I'm supposed to be. He led me and guided guided me. And that's what God wants to do in your life. God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to see everything that He called you to do come to fruition, but that can't happen if you don't seek His face. And we can believe that God will just kick down the door of our life. Poof, I'm here to bless you. (laughs) But that's not how He works. That's not how He operates. The Bible says in Revelation that He knocks on the door of your heart and He waits for you to answer. And as you seek Him, come on, that allows you to open the door for Him. Because I don't know about you, but at my house, if a random person just comes knocking, I'm not just like, let me let this stranger into my home with everything valuable that I care about. <laughs> no, I have to know you before I answer the, the door for you. And you're probably the same way. And God is sitting at the, at the door of your heart and he's knocking and he's asking, will you let me in? Will you let me touch it? Will, will, will you let me bless you? Will you let me grow you? Will you let me help you? And a lot of us have God waiting on the outside of a lot of our issues because we don't know him enough to open the door for him. Do you let him in or do you just let God know about everything that he needs to do for you? Because there is a difference. The next thing we have to do in our rhythm of prayer is that um, we have to turn from evil. We have to turn from evil. The Bible says to turn from your wicked ways. Now, obviously, I know this isn't like the funnest point to talk about. I know it like that kind of stings a little bit. And if we were to display everyone's life on the screen um, next week, we wouldn't have nobody come into our church because everybody's business will be on the screen. And we all have wicked ways. Some of you, um, you will see a sign that clearly um, says exit. It says exit on it. It's like E-X-I-T, exit. And you will drive into it. And I just want you to know that that's wicked. I just want you to know that I think that's wicked. That's wrong. If they wanted you to enter, it would have said enter, but it said exit. Um, Some of you, and I don't know why you would do this. I don't, I I actually didn't know this existed before I moved away from Louisiana. But some of you, you drink tea, but you don't put any sugar in it. And I just want to know, like, what you're going through that makes you, like, take out all the sugar, like... In Louisiana, we don't even have unsweet and sweet tea. It's just tea because it's just known that all of it is going to come sweet, like with a pound of sugar in it. And so it's just, I just want you to know that if you were wondering, like, that's wicked. That's, that's wicked. Some of you, you go to a restaurant and um, you order food, like a full meal, and uh, you don't even eat it all. And what's worse is you don't even put it in a to-go thing. You're just like, yeah, I'm done. you like, I got half of a meal. And I'm like, I want you to know that I think that's wicked. Because um, I grew up in a house with nine kids. So I am like scavenging. <laughs> like, yo, give me, you don't want to eat your tortilla? Like, go ahead and put this over here. Give me your french fries. And so I really, when we go out to eat and you don't eat it all and you don't take it, I really want to be like, hey, can I have that? But it makes, it makes it just weird. So next time we go out to eat, just offer it to me, and I'll, I'll take it for you. I'll take that <laughs> off of your hands. We're going to have leftovers all week. Um, but don't invite me out to eat if you double dip in the queso, okay? If we order the queso in the middle of the table, and you, like, dip the chip and then eat, and then you put your little nasty chip back in the queso, I just want you to know uh, that's wicked, and don't invite me to go out to eat with you. Um, those are all funny, but we all have things in our lives that we do or that we think or that we say that are contrary to the character of God. And so wicked is like a hard word, but all it means by that is something that goes against the will of God. So, so that thought that you thought, um, that thing that you said, you popped off to somebody at the red light. Come on, all of those ways are, are wicked. And the good thing about it is that we all messed up. We all have things that we have to turn from and repent of. And Acts chapter three, verse 19 tells us this. Um, repent then and turn to God. So that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When it says repent, it's just meaning to turn away from, to face God. And I love that we serve a God that wipes our sins away. He doesn't hold them against us. He's not holding them over our head. He's not looking to get us in trouble, but he wipes them out. And not only that, he refreshes us. He refreshes us. He renews us. He restarts us. And so that's our rhythm when we pray. We humble ourselves. We pray, we seek God, and then we turn from our wicked ways. And then what God does, on the other hand, is he hears us. Come on, as a father, I can relate to God's side of the coin. Not saying that I'm like God, but I'm a father, and I have a son, and he's a father, and we're all his children. And so, you know, there's many parents in this room that you, you know your child. Like, you know when your child says something, or you know your child, if you have a small kid, you know their cry. Come on, it could be a room full of kids crying, and you just kind of like, shh, shh. Yeah, that ain't mine. I'm just ignore it. Like that's not, my, that's not mine. Or you can be like, oh, that's my kid. I need to go. And then some of you are so good. Sydney's like this. She can know what Malachi is crying for as he's crying. I'm like, I have no idea. They all sound like why to me. So I just I'm just offering stuff back to back. I'm like, you want some food? You want some juice? You want to go play like what you need? And Sydney's just like, no, nope, I know exactly what he needs. That's what God is like when he hears his children praying to him. He hears you. You can be confident that when you speak, God hears you. That's why we don't have to use a ton of words. That's why we don't have to put on our King James words. That's why we don't have to perform for God. God knows you, and so he hears you. We don't serve a God that's off in the distance, um, doing his own thing, not interested in your life. He's looking for you. He has every hair numbered on your head. Come on, he hears you when you call out to him. He responds to us. God always answers prayers, and so maybe you're in this room and you feel like, you know, God hasn't always answered your prayers, or you've heard someone say God doesn't always answer prayers, I just want to encourage you that there are three responses that you can get from God. The first one is yes. Um, The second one is no. And the third one is not right now. And as I look at that from a father's perspective, that's pretty much like 90% of my conversation with Malachi. It's like, yes, you can do that. No, no. You won't ever be able to do that. Like, you won't ever be able to come up and just punch me like you crazy. Like, there are some things that you will just never be able to do. And then thirdly, like, hey, we're not doing that right now. And if we're not careful, we'll merge the no and the right now. And it's really easy to lose lose faith and feel like God rejected you or God didn't do what he said he was going to do. But maybe you're just in a season of not right now. Maybe you're in a season where you're supposed to be beginning to build your faithfulness toward the Lord, even when he doesn't give you what you want. Maybe you're in a season where it's difficult, but God doesn't want you to give up because the answer is just not right now. The difficult part about this is that God responds not always based on what we want, but on his will. And so if what you want doesn't align with what his will is, it may be no. And as we kind of talk about praying, I think if there was one thing, I want this whole sermon to, if I just wanted you to take away one sentence, it would be um, prayer is not always about what God does for you. It's about what he does in you, because sometimes God is doing something in you before he can do something for you. Sure, God wants to bless you. He wants you to succeed. Um, He wants you to be prosperous. But ultimately, he wants you to step into what he's called you to do. And in order to do that, come on, he has to help you grow. He wants you to step into your purpose. And that means that not all the time does he do it for you, but he will do it through you. And so as I was thinking about prayer and writing the sermon, I just couldn't help but to start thinking about um, my life and um, all the different moments where I've had, moments where I had to pray and see God move. And so the first thing I thought about was when I got saved. So I got saved when I was 17. I hadn't really grown up in church, and a lot of you know my story, but um, a friend invited me to this youth event, and I didn't know a ton about God. I didn't know a lot about Jesus, but um, I just felt like This is the thing that I can give my life to. This is the thing that was missing in me. And so I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow God. And so the first prayer I prayed was like, God, I love you. I'll do whatever um, you want me to do. However you want to use my life, I'll do that. And uh, how many of you know sometimes you got to be careful what you pray about? (laughs) Because the next week um, I had a friend, they were doing a conference for FCA, which is like a Christian club. And uh, we were going. She was going to school to school, from school to school, and uh, inviting kids to it. And so what they would do is um, they would like have these like prep rallies, and then they would let us at the end talk for like ten minutes about what God had done in our life and invite people to this conference. And so um, she said, "Hey, I think you should do it." And I was like, "I think you need to pick someone else. I got saved like last week." And she was like, "No, you need to do it." And so we started we started going around and speaking. And then another moment I think about was that summer. Um, there was a missions trip that I got invited to go to. Um, Pastor Steven through Be The One Ministries um, was leading a missions trip for, for young people, and I had just graduated high school, and he invited me, and I really I really wanted to go, but to be honest, I didn't have the money. It was like 400 or $500, and I'm going to be honest, like, I just didn't have a job because I was like, hey, I just graduated. Like, I don't really want to work. Right. I was being kind of lazy. Okay, I can make a lot of different ways to say it, but I was just being lazy, and uh, I began to pray like, God, if you Want me to go on this mission trip? Then yeah, boy, we're gonna need some money. Like I need something to happen, and it got down to the week before, and I still didn't have enough money. I had saved a little bit of money, but I didn't have near enough. Um, and my friend, she called me and she said, "Hey, are you going on the mission trip?" And I was like, "Listen, I really want to. I believe it will be awesome. Like I, I really want to be there, um, but I don't have like I don't have any money. I don't have any money to go. So I mean, unless y'all doing the free deal, then I could come. But And she said, "No, God. I feel like God told me to um, give you all of my graduation money to pay for you to be able to go on the trip. And so I don't like I don't know if I would have been right here in this moment if God hadn't shown up in that moment. And I think about when I left school, when I when I when I left college to move up here and help plant the church. Um, It was it's eight hours away from where I'm from, and I remember just." Being on the car ride up here, like, God, please make this not be a mistake. Like, <laughs> like, help me in this season. Like, I'm going into a new area. I don't have any friends. The only people I knew at the time were the sextants. And so I just remember praying that God would provide and that I would be able to build the right relationships and that he would set me up to do what I needed to do. And he sustained me since I've been here. And so I think I've been here like six years, seven years now. And God has been faithful. And then I think about um, when I first got here. I didn't have a car, so I just moved up here on faith. I, just, I didn't have a car, and I got a job at Slim Chickens. They were like, hey, uh, we hiring. I was like, do I get free chicken if I work there? They were like, no, but you can get a discount. And I was like, sign me up. I'm there. I'm going to be there. Just let me know when I-, I can start right now. Y'all got uniforms in the back. Just let me know. Um, but it was like six miles away from my, my apartment, OK? And uh, that's, that's a long way to walk. That's a long. <laughs> So I went and I bought like a bike from from Walmart, like one of the cheap ones, just big enough to fit me. You know what I'm saying? Just and I was rolling the bike back and forth, back and forth. That's that gets pretty exhausting when you're tired, when you already like when you get to work and you're already tired and then you leave work tired and then you get home tired. It's just a lot of tired. And I, I remember praying for a car and I had read this book that talked about praying specific prayers. So I began to pray about the color of car I wanted. I wanted a silver car. I was just like, I want a silver surfer. You know what I'm saying? It's a silver. It's going to be slick. It's going to be cool. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be too bougie. So as long as it has, like, 100,000 miles or less, I'm going to be good. And I was like, OK. And then I prayed. Like, my budget is, like, $2,000, God. So, you know, if somebody wants to give me a car, that would be great. But uh, my budget is $2,000. And I ended up being able to find a car, a Buick. Come on, birthed a Buick. She was faithful. She's going to better places now. but um. But I began to pray specifically, and God allowed me to do it. And in that season, that was a not-now season, because it took me three months to save the money to be able to get the car. And I could have said, you know what, God? I'm not going to work towards it. I'm not going to do anything towards it. If, if you want me to have the car, somebody will just walk up and just give me the car. And every silver car I saw come to the church, I was like, that might be the one. <laughs> they, they're going to come up to me and tell me they're about to give me the car. It never happened. But um, I ended up eventually getting it but but those are all moments where God did answer the prayer and it's easy to see those moments and those build your faith and, and those are easy to go, you know that's that's a testimony and, and that encourages people. But can I talk to you about a moment um where it was a not right now. And it's a, something that we're still me and Sydney are working on. You know when we first got married, um we had Malachi like pretty quick. Like it was like two months. Sydney came into the room and she was like, yo, we pregnant and I was like cool <laughs> And as a kid, it's a responsibilities. responsibility. It's awesome. I loved it. It was, it was exciting. I always wanted to be a dad. But um, So when people talk to me about their first year of marriage, I'm always like, don't even talk to me about how hard your first year of marriage is. You didn't have a pregnant wife. You didn't have a baby on the way. You didn't have to put no cribs together. You didn't have to like clear out a whole room. You didn't have to give up your game room. Like, don't, don't talk to me <laughs> about your struggles. No, I'm just kidding. But um, we had Malachi. And, and, and once we had him and began to raise him, we just thought, you know what, like, been like we love being parents like we feel like this is something God has blessed us to do this is something God has equipped us to do and so we began to try um for another child and we we would pray um, and it took about a year before we got pregnant and when we went in we went for just like a normal like just a just a check-in a check-up and uh the doctor was was concerned and she was like y'all need to come back next week and so we began to pray again, like we don't want anything bad to happen. We don't want the enemy to come in and have any like foothold in our life. Um, and when we went back that next week, um, the doctor told us that we, we had a miscarriage. And so as someone who is a believer, someone who moved eight hours away from home, someone who felt like, you know, what, I've given my whole life to God, the the instant temptation was to go, God, why would you let this happen to me? Why would this be the thing and it felt like a no. It felt like a no. But we began to pray, and uh, we would walk, and, and we would talk about it, and then we would pray. And this was about a year ago, and uh, we still haven't, like, we still haven't gotten pregnant. We still haven't seen God do that. Um, and we don't. I'm not. I'm not sharing this story. So that you would feel sorry for us, God is God is gonna do it. Come on, we believe in God. We believe that He can make a way where there is no way. God is gonna move on our behalf, and we believe that we're gonna have more children. But the thing that I think was powerful about this is the thing that God has started to do in us. Um, our maturity has gone to another level. I've seen my wife start to minister to people in a way that she would have never been able to minister to before. And so, wow, this sucks. And I and I wanna I don't wanna. Um, I don't want to misspeak. God didn't make the loss happen. You understand? God doesn't bring bad things into the earth. That's the enemy that does that. But God can use that, and he can begin to do something in your life that you never thought was possible. We were able to open up our home and let a young man stay stay with us and begin to mentor and lead him and pour into his life. And all I'm saying is that if you're in the middle of a hard season, don't quit right now. Don't quit in the middle of the heart because you don't know all that God wants to do through you. You don't know all that God wants to see happen in your life. And maybe you're here and you just went through a loss or you're going through a divorce or, or you, got some, you got a bad health report. And I just want to remind you, like, don't quit right now because God is doing something in you even when you don't see it. Even when it looks like there's nothing good that can come from it. I promise you, God is faithful and everything works out for our good. Everything works out for our good. So as we kind of close today, I I think the the last thing that we want to do is we want to make sure when we pray that we catch the vision of what God is wanting to do. It can be really easy to always make it about what we want. Hey, I want this. Hey, I need this. Hey, God, how come you didn't do that? But we have prayer so that we can catch the vision of what God is doing, what he wants to do with your life. You may have all your plans mapped out. When I was 17, I had my whole life mapped out. But it was a moment in prayer that, that, that led me to say, you know what, God, that's a good idea. But I want to do your idea because you're the one, come on, who has the best plans. You're the one who knows better than me. Your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so if you're in here and you're like, you know what, I'm going through a tough season or, or I don't know what my calling is, I would encourage you to commit yourself to praying every day. And it doesn't have to start off as something like elegant. You don't have to spend an hour every time. But it could just be five minutes. God, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm feeling. Here's here's what I need. I humble myself. I seek your face. God, I honor you today. I turn from what I've been doing and I turn to what you want to do. And that vision can be for your life, but it also can be for our church. Come on, begin to pray and ask God what he has for our church. The announcers are going to come up in a bit, and they're going to talk about this. But a lot of you know that we're in in an exceedingly and an abundantly campaign. And so um, we got this new building over here. Come on. That's good. That's good. And so Pastor Stephen and Katie are going to be leading Vision Nights to download the vision of what God wants to do. And it's not a a time where we're just going to get you in a room and try to twist your arm until you give us money. But we want to share the vision. And it's not just about a new building. It's about more territory. It's about more people. It's about more ministry. It's about seeing what God can do in northwest Arkansas. We believe that we're just starting to see the beginning of what he wants to do through our church. And so don't miss those. They're going to give you the information on how you can sign up for those. But as we close today, um, I just want to pray over a, a few groups of people. And so last, last Sunday at the night service, Pastor Katie had a moment to pray over the singles in our church. And um, she we ran out of time in first and second because we had to get to the new building and pray. But um, I do, I want to pray over our singles. And so if you're single, uh, would you just go ahead and lift your hand for me real quick? If you're single, we want to pray for you. Come on, just look around. Would you stretch your hand towards those who are single? Let's begin to pray. God, we thank you for everyone in this season in our church. God, being in a single season says nothing about our value. God, I pray that in this season they would realize, God, that their purpose doesn't just start when they get married. God, their life doesn't just start when they get married. God, but there are things right now that you're wanting to do. There's things right now that you're wanting to download. There's things right now that you're wanting to show them that will prepare them for whatever you have. God, we thank you for, for their, their unique giftings and abilities and, and, and the things that they can do in this season that in the next they may not be able to do. God, I pray that you would begin to show them God, that, that, that there's pluses to this season. God, that they wouldn't be discouraged. God, that they would be encouraged of all the things that you can do through them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. The next group of people I want to pray over is if you feel like you're in a, in a, in a stuck season. You feel like you can't get any freedom. Maybe you've gone through something hard, and I I know what that's like. Um, I'm in the middle of that right now. You just need prayer that you will be able to get free of it, and you will be able to get into step into what God has for you. Come on, if that's you right now, would would you just lift your hand? God, I pray that we will be able to live free. God, your goodness is not tied to your answer. God, you're good because you're God. You're faithful. Time after time after time in our lives, you've shown us that you're faithful. God, I pray over every difficult season that's happening right now. God, I pray that you will remind us that it's just a season. It's just a season. God, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. All things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, and there's a lot of calling in this room. God, there's a lot of purpose in this room. God, you haven't forsaken us. God, I I bind the lie of the enemy that that wants to come in and tell, tell us that you've forgotten about us. God, you don't forget your kids. You don't forget your sons and daughters. God, you're working it out right now on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. And then lastly, I just want to pray over people who feel like Come on, you have a calling on your life. You have a purpose for your life. You have a ministry that's inside of you that that maybe you've already stepped into or maybe you haven't stepped into yet, but you want to see God do everything that he can do through you. So if that's you, would you just shoot your hand in the air real quick? God, I pray over the, the purpose in this room. God, that you've called every single one of us to do something great for your kingdom. God, to build heaven on earth. I pray that we wouldn't shy away from it. I pray that we wouldn't be scared of it. God, that we would lean into it in prayer and see you do the exceedingly and abundantly in us and through us. God, you never do something in us that you don't want to do through us. So God, right now, I pray against any fear. I pray against any anxiety. I pray against anything that would keep us reserved or held back, God, and I'm just, I'm blessing the ministries that are going to come out of this room, God. I'm speaking over the leaders that are going to come out of this room, God. God, the spiritual fathers and mothers that are going to come out of this room. And God, lastly, as we we close today, God, we want to pray over our building. Come on, would you all just come into agreement with me, God? We pray over our new building, God, that it's not just about a building, God, it's about the people that are going to have their lives changed forever in that building. God, it's about the the leaders that are going to be raised up out of that building. God, it's about the young people who are going to learn to love your word in that building. God, it's about the community that's around that building, God, that that will be able to experience you for the first time or for the first time in a long time. God, help us to create a place where people can build life. Now, God, we're asking you to, to help us financially, God, to get us there with the finances, God. God, whether it's going to come from someone in this room or someone we don't know, God, we know that you can do it. God, everything we ask, you can do it. So God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.